0: Welcome to monday morning coffee with inside the firm each week our hosts will be interviewing local regional and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate
1: welcome to monday morning coffee with inside the firm today i have a very special guest mike kitko he is an executive self-mastery coach speaker And published author who helps business owners increase the amount of wealth, success, and happiness in their lives and businesses. A Marine with an MBA, Mike successfully served in executive leadership roles for Fortune 500 companies. Yet he always felt like an imposter. No matter how much success he achieved, he always felt unsuccessful, unfulfilled, and unhappy. His inability to understand his internal conflicts led him to excessive drinking, uncontrolled anger and rage, and the abuse of everything he cared about in life. The abuse of his marriage, family, professional career, and health are documented in his first book, The Imposter in Charge, and he openly discusses his past issues on his podcast, Lead, Love, Profit, and Play. Through coaching, intense study, and deep work, Mike learned to understand the four conflicting voices inside each of us, which create internal conflict, insecurity, inadequacy, insignificance, and inspiration. By identifying and shifting these internal narratives, we can take complete control of our life and results today. Mike's overflowing energy and intensity make a significant and positive impact in the lives of others. He has discovered his true power and purpose, and he feels internal confidence and courage that match how people perceive him. No longer an imposter, he has created wealth, success, and happiness, and he wants to help you all do the same. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And that that sounded pretty awesome, whoever that guy is. Yeah, whoever that guy is. Whoever that guy is, uh, I hope he's his. hope his enthusiasm is as it sounds. It's going to be with his intensity. So, oh, uh, yeah. Mike, I like to ask everybody before we get into what we do. It yeah. always fascinates me. You know, I want to know how you got here. Most specifically, are you from a family of entrepreneurs? You know, are you the first? Like, what drove you to entrepreneurial? Man, there entrepreneurism was nowhere in the purview of my family. So I
0: grew up to a a forty year union steelworker father, very blue collar family, uh, Czechoslovakian second second generation removed Czechoslovakian immigrant. Uh, my family was actually a, a, a slave family back in back in wow. Eastern Europe. So yeah, just a couple generations removed from uh, blue collar, or no, one generation removed from blue collar, but couple couple generations moved from uh, immigration, um, and and just just a you know, I guess beat into me a solid work ethic, work 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 work, and you work for the man, and it's all about security and benefits and. And man, I I tried, I tried that game and I tried to win at that game and, and I did win at that game for a long time, but, uh, it, it just, it gobbled me up because that's, it was never where I was, uh, where I was intended to be. I've, uh, I've always had an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial mind. That's why when, whenever I would join a new organization, it was, you know, it was just a matter of time before I was in the captain's seat. It's just, you know, we think differently, you know, entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. think differently. We're all, we're always thinking about, how can I make this better? How can I improve this? How can I grow? How can I develop myself? And just always churning that engine. So um, after, you know, 16 years in corporate, five years in the Marine Corps, 16 years in corporate, the wheels fell off because I wasn't where I was supposed to be, right? Not air quotes, supposed to be. It. It. I always wanted something more, something better, something different, something my own. And, uh, you know, hey, when you, when you, when you pray hard and heavy for the life of your dreams, you know, things
1: fall, start to fall apart perfectly. So you can build it back together. Yeah. Where does spirituality come in, in into this for you? You know, is that, was that part of your transformation? It, it, absolutely. It was on the leading edge of it. So I was, uh, I was raised in, um,
0: a dogmatic, uh, religious household. So, and, and I, man, I tried again, that was another one of those boxes that I tried to fit myself in and it just didn't work. So there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Right. But I tried to put myself into that box of religion and what I was supposed to believe and, and, you know, what, what God was and, and I tried to cram all these beliefs that, you know, that I didn't, that just didn't work for me. They didn't fit together. The puzzle pieces didn't go together for me, but I tried to fit myself inside that box and Until one day I just allowed myself, I gave myself permission to believe in what I believe in instead of trying to force other people's beliefs on me. And and that that's, you know, that's kind of like that again, that's the leading edge of spirituality. Beliefs create your reality. Reality doesn't create beliefs. So this is a very inside out world, not outside in. But but when we're we're living, taking the outside in approach to life, you know, things. We try to fit in and we try to, you know, we try to massage ourselves, and we try to squeeze ourselves into these boxes. But, you know, when you, and this is the magic of spirituality and the magic of, of this amazing life that we get to live is that when you reform your beliefs and you create new healthy relationships with your mind and your emotions and your God and your talents and your gifts, as you accept yourself to higher levels, so, so does the world. Right. So when you're when I was, you know, toxic drinking on a daily basis and, and you know, up to my eyeballs and alcohol, man, I was surrounded by them. And when I got, you know, when I started a journey of, of building a healthier relationship with my mind, my body, my spirit, my emotions, my talents, my my life, my wife, my, my kids, when I started building a healthier relationship, I found myself surrounded by a bunch of people that were on the same path because life meets you where you are. Life meets you where you're, where you are and where you're heading. And all you have to do is change what you're kind of change, what you believe is true. And you'll see evidence of that show up.
1: Let's go back to the addiction part. I know, you know, I mentioned in the intro about the alcohol. Um, and it's interesting that we're like, we're going to be your episode. Like, as I mentioned before we, we went on air here was you're going to be right at the end of the year so people are going to be looking for new year's resolutions sure. a lot of those are like breaking addictions
0: mm-hmm. um
1: as somebody who has broken some huge addictions in your life like would you have any tips for people um for how to help them do that
0: yeah um so this isn't going to be this isn't probably what what people that are mired in addiction want to hear but uh, I think it's the most relevant. It's what helped me. Now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. I went four and a half years without a drink, and now me and my wife sit down and have a drink, and we you know we we have a healthy relationship with you know with alcohol, just like we have a healthy relationship with food and everything else. And I've had toxic relationships with all of it with work, with food, with alcohol, mm-hmm. with everything. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's about building for me. It was about building a healthy relationship with these things. But this isn't what people are gonna want to hear. Um, but the first part of breaking out the addiction and i heard it i heard it very succinctly and clearly when i started the easiest way to stop drinking is to stop putting the fucking bottle up to your mouth right and and that's like that's the first step if you don't do that none of the rest of it matters so when when my mind <clears throat> when my mind was in total chaos when my body was in chaos and what i mean is Mentally and emotionally, when there were all fear thoughts and when there were all fear feelings in my mind and body, that's when I would numb, and that's when I would escape. That's when I would look for, you know, I would work, I would drink, I would eat, I would, I would watch endless amounts of television, and those were all escape plans. Those were all escape routes because I didn't want to face the the mental chaos that was raging in, in in my head and the emotional chaos that was raging in my body. So when I took the, the alcohol out of my life, I was forced to face what was happening in my mind and my body. And when that started, when I started detoxifying from, from chaos, from mental and emotional chaos, then, you know, I started healing from, you know, years were when I was a child being molested and being abandoned and being, you know, being uh, just taking yeah, you know, being neglected, you know, just being outcast from, you know, in, in different different at different times in my life. And all of that was raging in my mind and my body. And I never understood it because I never created space to really understand what had happened in my past, what fear, what pain, what suffering, what conflict I was feeling inside. And by getting all of that noise and all of that Uh, escape, you know, all the escape routes, getting them all out of my life. Then I started to understand what was happening inside. And I got the opportunity to unravel it. That way, when you add things back into your life, you're not escaping anymore. They're not escape. They might be entertainment in some way. It might be just, you know, connecting with something that, that grow grapes, right? Grow out of the earth. It's beautiful. A great glass of wine is beautiful. And the point is, is I want to be able to sit and enjoy that glass of wine with my wife or over a great conversation and, and not need it to escape something mm. that I can, I can control
1: myself. Does this make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I think you, you sort of led me into my next, next question inadvertently there was, you know, people get rid of the the addictions and then I, I think we want to replace those with good habits. What yeah. are the, what, what kind of tips do you have for the sort of that transition and, and fostering that?
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and that you just you just brought me back to one thing that I wanted to share that I didn't. Um, it, when you look at and this is a metaphor for how to change anything. OK, there's this uh, the I call it the gravity of the familiar. Right. There's there's a gravitational pull that's that's going to constantly pull you back into familiarity because your your amygdala the mind wants the familiar it doesn't matter if it's familiar misery it doesn't matter if it's familiar suffering it doesn't matter if it's familiar trauma it doesn't matter if if it's familiar you know unhappiness The, the amygdala in your mind is in your emotional system is trying to get you back into the familiar whatever it is for you so when uh when i decided uh in 2016 to take alcohol out of my life and and to start to detoxify from, you know, from everything that I had ever, uh, that I had ran from. Um, it, the metaphor is if you launch a rocket from the earth, 80% of the fuel is spent in the first few miles, just getting out of the earth's atmosphere. And then, you know, 80% of the entire fuel payload is spent on the first couple of miles. And that is exactly how it is when you're trying to create change. It takes, an incredible amount of force to break out of the gravitational pull of the familiar. So what I, what I did on a daily basis was, was make sure I hold myself accountable for exercise, make sure I hold myself accountable to meditate, make sure I hold myself accountable to, to get sleep, make sure I hold myself accountable to not overeat, and not drink, make hold myself accountable to, you know, I've got books all over my house to, you know, to make sure I was replacing, um, the, 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 <laughs> I don't want to say it's there's nothing wrong with sports, but 12 hours of sports, there's there's something, there's something a little off in, you know, in in that for me in, in that activity, right. Needing to, or be, being able to sit in front of a television mm-hmm. for that many hours and indulging. So, you know, replacing the void that, that, you know, of these things that I was losing, replacing them with, with good habits in terms of, you know, a couple out, you know, 10 to 20 pages of good, healthy reading every day of things that are going to nurture your mind and nurture your emotions, uh, getting, just getting the, for me, getting the media out of my life, getting entertainment mm-hmm. out of my life and replacing it with things that we going to, that we're going to sharpen me, uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, 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 spiritually, intellectually, Um, I started my business. So I was learning how to be an entrepreneur. I was I was rebuilding my marriage because I actually filed for divorce in order to, you know, to to, to kind of eliminate some of the, the, the marital chaos that was going on. And now we've rebuilt our marriage and put everything back together in a beautiful way. But I had to uh, I had to pull the plug before we could do that. Right. Because we had, we had threatened divorce so many times mm-hmm. and it became empty. So I actually did file and I was going to uh, I was going to file, but uh, or I was going to uh, actually d- divorce my wife. But uh, that's what convinced her to start breaking out of her pharmaceutical addic- pharmaceutical addiction. So anyway, the point being is get all the chaos out of your life and replace it with productive, nurturing, healthy, expansive thoughts and feelings and emotions and and just all the goodness that you can possibly
1: pack into that
0: space, the void that you just created.
1: Yeah, yeah. Beautiful stuff. Um, I, I, I appreciate you know you going candidly on that. Yeah. Um, I, I expect nothing less. Uh, let's, let's shift the gears a little bit to, um, you, you mentioned real wealth. I would mm-hmm. love for you to unpack that. For you, I think it's subjective to everybody else. I mean, I could name what it is for me, but I would love to hear it from you. You're the guest, obviously. What is real wealth? So, listen, I, I, there was a time where I had a, a,
0: a good bit of net worth, but I felt broke. There was, I've worked with, uh, in, in my executive coaching business, I've worked with a guy that, you know, eight figures easy and felt broke. And, and the thing he kept saying is I need income, right? Mm-hmm. He had, he had basically left a, uh, um, he, he had left a, a financial firm and he got a very, very nice package to leave, right? Where they were yeah. downsizing on a huge package to leave. But, you know, he was in a state of panic because I need income. I need income. And now this guy never needed another dollar for the rest of his life, but we get these stories, right? We get these stories in our mind and these stories in our body. And we feel broke, even though we have all the wealth in this big pile of wealth. So you can't put a bandaid over cancer. You can't, you can't put Money over top of poverty mindset, poverty thoughts, poverty feelings. Somebody, you know, escaping, trying to escape poverty, insecurity, trying to avoid loss. You can't put money over top of that and feel wealthy. So the the first point is clearing out all the money garbage stories that you have, and 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 the relationship. The the poverty relationship that you have with money, feeling that money is survival or money is your identity or money is your security or money is whatever, you know, uh, blank, whatever, fill in the blank here and just say money, money is just, money is just a means of exchanging value in this world. And the more value I give, the more value I receive. So real wealth is, is a couple things. One is the feeling of wealth inside at all times, regardless of the amount of money that you have in your bank account right? Your birthright is to feel wealthy. It, it has nothing to do with money. Money can't make you feel wealthy. You can think thoughts about money that make you feel wealthy, but money can't make you feel wealthy. So it's choosing to feel wealthy all the time, regardless of how much money you have. Choosing to feel successful, regardless of what success looks like, because these are attractive qualities, right? So when you think a thought, that's your prayer. When you feel the emotion sponsoring emotion behind that thought, that's the magnet that pulls it into your life. So when you when you feel wealthy, life has no choice but to deliver wealth on your doorstep.
1: Yeah, I was in uh, mass the other day, uh, last Sunday with my daughter and my son. And uh, my daughter, I looked next to me after we went up for communion and she was praying next to me. And that's when I felt one of the most wealthiest times of my life. I was just like, that was a perfect moment. Yeah. And it, I didn't ask her to do it. I mean, she was just doing it on her own.
0: Yeah. So look, here's, here's there's, there's one ultimate power that we each have, right? One, the, the power to choose. You can choose right now to feel wealthy, or you can choose to feel poor. Now, if you, I can literally, I, I, if we spent long enough on this, on this mm-hmm. podcast, I could literally get you to feel wealth inside of your body. Because all the feeling feelings come from a thought. You haven't, you, listen, you know, You've you've had a stimulating thought, right? Maybe, a, you know, your wife in a bikini or, you know, some stimulating thought. And suddenly blood's moving through your body, right? Mm-hmm. Thoughts create emotions. Thoughts create feelings. The world doesn't create those feelings. Your thoughts do. So you can think a thought and you can create an emotion behind that thought. And, and you can, you can eat literally like with no money, cause yourself to feel wealthy or with eight, nine, 10 figures, you can make yourself feel broke. You get to choose what you feel on a given basis. And if you can feel wealthy and wealth, feeling wealthy attracts wealth, why would you ever choose to feel well, uh, feel broke? You, you have the ultimate power to choose. You don't have to wait for the trophy to feel like a winner. You don't have to wait for a title to feel successful. You don't have to wait for money to feel to feel uh, uh, wealthy. You don't have to wait for anything. You don't have to wait for a relationship to feel loved. You can feel anything you want at any given time, and that attracts what you want in your life. The thought is the prayer. The feeling is the magnet. Why would you ever feel what you don't want when you can just as easily feel what you do want? Absolutely.
1: Uh, Similar topic, Uh, define success for us. Living life on my terms.
0: We all want different things. Mm -hmm. When I wake up and I have an empty calendar, that is complete success. Time freedom. Yeah. It's the ultimate freedom. I can always make more money. I can't make more time.
1: Yeah. Happiness. Define happiness for us.
0: Ooh, waking up, knowing that uh, that life uh, life is abundant, that I have everything I need, that anything I want, I can create, knowing that I'm valuable, knowing that I'm significant, knowing that if I don't know it now, I can learn it if I need to. Learning that I can say yes when I want to say yes and no when I want to say no, that I'm ob- obligated to no one, that I'm the master of my own destiny, and I can create my day. I can also destroy my day. Mm-hmm. And I am my own villain. I am I am my own victim and I am my own hero. Yeah. And when it, when you own all of it, creates a sense of happiness. Yeah. Your yeah.
1: Life. You're describing what I feel like you're describing is a lot of self-ownership and oh, and, no. and and not letting externalities take control of you. Because that's what was that's what was happening to you before. Right. I mean, all of these things were piling on top of you and taking control of you and steering you in in ways that you didn't want to be at, really. Well, if you ever if you
0: if you look at it and, and it's it's cheeky and it's cliche, but the more pain, the more purpose. Right. The more pain, the more power. So when you when you experience what you don't want for 43 years and and then you start to wake up and you start to open your eyes to again what all the chaos you've allowed into your life and all the all the the times that you've created your own distress and you've created your own pain. And you again, I, I'll, I'll this you said yes when you want to say no, and you said no when you wanted to say yes, and and you've you've lived a life on somebody else's terms, and you've allowed, you know, your wife or your employer or somebody else to call your call shots in your life, and now you're unhappy happy and you're miserable and you you, you put a gun in your mouth and almost kill yourself. True story. You you know, you realize that something's ridiculously wrong because this is not what life is about. Like just living, you know, being pulled behind somebody else's car, you know, with a collar, like what, what was it? Summer vacation, right? With Chevy chase where, you know, the dogs, you know, on a leash behind the car and he kept Uh up for a mile. That's what it felt like for me because somebody else was always driving the car determining how fast they were going to hit the gas. And I felt it was my job just to keep up. And and instead now I'm I'm in the driver's seat and I'm driving a car and I can hit the gas when I want to hit the gas and hit the hit the brake when I want to hit the brakes. So it's owning, owning, being responsible, taking full accountability, full ownership, full authority over my own life and not feeling bad to say no when I want to say no. And, yeah. and getting excited when there's a yes that shows up.
1: Yeah, very important. Um, let's switch over to business. What is one thing every business owner uh should be doing right now that they aren't? Wow. One thing that they should be doing that they aren't.
0: Um, You know, I guess the easiest way for me to answer that is if you don't enjoy it, stop doing it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And if, and if you love it, do it more. So I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs and for some reason, entrepreneurs feel like they've got to be all things to all people all the time and be able to, to do everything and, and to, to master everything, you know, especially new entrepreneurs. And then you grow out of that and you realize that, wow, if I just do this one thing, the top line keeps growing and I'll just hire out all the rest. But, but growing a business and, and, you know, especially starting out, it's like, it's like you almost feel obligated to be the master of all and, and to, to hold yourself accountable, even to do things you don't want to do on a regular basis. And I just, you know, the, the more, the more I let go of the things that I hate and do more of the things that I love, the more my business grows because the happier I get and the more on fire I am to engage in that
1: activity. Yeah. It, it seems like when you go down that path, you're really listening to the universe. And so, some people, some people, call, you know, for me, it's God speaking to me. So for some other, other people, it's just the universe or an energy or, or their spirit. Um, but letting yourself be pulled in those directions of things you want to do seems like just a natural way of existing anyway, right? Humans want to go to the least amount of resistance.
0: Yeah. Yeah but, as as a Marine, as a marine veteran, you know there there's a reason you join the Marine Corps when there's three other offices that you can that you can stop at, right? yeah, I mean, you 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 join the Marine Corps because you you, you kind of feel that the 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 punishment is worth the <laughs> worth the prize, right? so and and if it's not hard, it's not valuable. and if it's easy, it's not worthwhile. And we get caught up in this that that if if I'm enjoying life, I'm doing something wrong, right so in 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 terms of when I was in corporate, I remember I remember when I would get up and the thing I enjoyed the most is getting up in front of my organization and sharing the results of the last month and and talking about the plans and the strategies and the tactics and what we were going to be doing going forward and it was all there was some a lot of camaraderie built and 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 I'm I'm a magnetic speaker and I get up in front of an audience and I they always leave more inspired and and I didn't realize that this was a gift. I just thought I thought it was rote because if I can do mm. it anybody could do it, right? So it's it's that thing that's easy and effortless that people get value out and benefit out of. That's the thing. That's your zone of genius. Like if it's easy and you can make a lot of money doing it, that is your talent. That is Mm. your natural talent. That is your natural gift. This isn't like a Sisyphus world. And Sisyphus is that guy that that's constantly pushing that rock up the hill, the never ending hill. Have you ever seen that? Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't a Sisyphus life. This, This, you know, at some point, just let the, let the rock go back downhill. And go find something that lights you up, that, that delivers value into the world. The success and wealth and joy and the right way to live isn't about finding the hardest thing to do and, and, and then conquering it. It's about finding the thing that delivers the most value into the world and realizing that you're significant and you're significant enough and you're valuable enough to enjoy life too while delivering massive value to the world speaking to me, you know, in my mind, speaking is, and in my life, speaking is not hard and I enjoy it and people get massive value out of it. Why wouldn't I do that all the time? It's not hard for me.
1: Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, last thing about business. And then I've got uh, two questions that I ask every, every guest here is there's a lot of folks right now, um, on the economic side of things that are, that are very doom and gloom and pessimistic. And, um, I always see an opportunity even when there's, I mean, we started our business in the Great Recession and here we are, you know, uh, 13, 14 years later, we're doing great. We've never done better. Um, things are on the right track. There was a lot of lessons we learned from getting laid off and then starting the business then like there's always an opportunity for things. So for the outlook of 2023, um, where what, what would you say to those people who are feel like they're getting sucked into the pessimism? and you know what should they be how, what should, how, what should they be thinking about for their business their life and, and moving into 2023 and trying to make it the most positive experience it can be yeah and look this
0: is this is a hard one to grasp i guess when when you're when you're caught up in the in the drama of of the the world but the, keep in mind and and you said your business came out of the great recession My my mind goes to the Great Depression where there were documented uh, cases where while some people were in food lines, couldn't find the job, there were people with three. So there were jobs, it's just people weren't looking for them. They Mm -hmm. bought into the story that there were no jobs. The story at that time was that there were no jobs. The, the truth is that there was 75% employment. There were people with three jobs and there were people with none that, that, that instead of going out looking for jobs, they chose to stand in a food line. So when you're, when, when you're, Turn on, when you turn on the television, and you let them, you let the media determine your thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. and and how you perceive the the economy, how you perceive like if you let a talking head convince you that there are no uh, there are no opportunities. And I work with a lot of real estate real estate uh, investors. There are literally investors right now that are convinced that there are no homes to buy because of the interest rates. But there are also investors that that are turning away deals. Whatever you look for in this world, and this goes back to spirituality, whatever you look for in this world, you're going to find. Mm-hmm. If you look for opportunities, you're going to find them. If you look for no opportunities, you're going to find no opportunities. Be careful what you're looking for. If you wake up knowing that the economy is going to collapse, you are going to make that true for yourself. You don't have to buy in, and you don't have to play that game. Is there, is there an economic slowdown? Yes, but there are
1: people that thrive in economic slowdowns. Why not you? why not you? Indeed. Uh, Mike, this has been great. Second to the last question here is knowing what you know now. And if you go back in time to when you first started, what you're doing now, what is one piece of advice you'd give your former self?
0: I'm a lot better than I I thought I was at the time. So belief in yourself is the ultimate, it's the ultimate, uh, it's your ultimate choice, whether you believe in yourself or or, or if you don't. And and Henry Ford quote, whether you believe in yourself or when you believe, believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. Right. So again, your belief creates your outcome, but there, there is no arrival there. There's no, there's no time where someone gives you permission to, to, be the person that you want to be. You, you get to choose at any given time. So I went to a seminar a couple of weeks ago down in Orlando, Florida. It was a one-week workshop, and the, it was to, to see this fellow named Dr. Joe Dispenza. Just an amazing, amazing week. And the very first hour of the very first morning, he said, when you leave here, I want you to recognize one thing. You are who you say you are. Whoever you say you are, that's who you are. You get to determine that. Nobody else does. You don't need permission to be the person that you want to be. You don't need to wait to be the person that you want to be. You can be that person right now. What you want to think, what you want to feel, the words that you want to say, how you want to act—like five years from now—you can do that right now. You're just choosing to, to wait five years. If you want to do that, be that person right now. So, at the beginning of my coaching practice, I and w- when I didn't have any clients. I was like almost ashamed to say I am a coach or I am a speaker or I am because I hadn't demonstrated it. It's like I had to graduate into that before uh-huh. I could earn it, before I could claim that title. No, you are who you say you are. Like if you decide to to coach, you are a coach. Like Like be that. And – you don't need to prove yourself in order to to have high the high levels of confidence, to have high levels of courage, to really believe in yourself. When you believe in yourself, the results will follow. If you don't believe in yourself, they will not. I've I've had people in my life with five and six coaching certifications that had probably that number of clients over about a five or six t- uh, year year uh, uh, stint in coaching. They they didn't believe in themselves, so nothing came true for them. But when I started to believe in myself, doesn't even without a coaching certification, the clients start to come because people hire confidence, they hire courage, they pay value to feel the attraction, that confidence, courage, clarity, commitment, certainty that these cre- create and promote, and they feel that,
1: and, and they'll, they'll lay down a credit card for it. Absolutely. Mike, this has been fantastic. Where if people want to learn more about you, what you do, um, where can people find and follow you?
0: Yeah, thank you. Um, I am the the CEO, the founder and CEO of a company called Inner Wealth Global. So you can find us at innerwealthglobal.com. Uh, we offer uh, uh, intensive workshops, masterminds, uh, one-on-one coaching, uh, speaking engagements. There's some training on the website. I also have a podcast, Lead, Love, Profit, Play, and you can find all of that. It's all linked at innerwealthglobal.com.
1: Beautiful. Mike, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and we wish you nothing but the best.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And and hey, you, you don't have to wait permission. You don't have to be given permission by anyone to do what you want to do, to be who you want to be, or to have what you want to have. Choose now. i me to be